0: Episode fifty-seven, working class on DeerCast. I am here this week with Dylan Gandhi from Whitetail Edge. Dylan, nice entrance. What's, What's up? up? How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good, man. I'm real good. We both of us have tags filled, so we're probably doing a lot better than uh the rest of my crew, at least.
1: It's actually a little bit harder on me, really, because I've got like three absolute giants on camera and I want another tag so bad. I can't stand it.
0: Mm, that's good problems though. Yeah, I it's guess
1: arrived. actually I have two now. My mom whacked one.
0: Yeah. So let's get into that. We'll get into that here in a minute, but all right. dude, we've been talking about doing a podcast um, in our studio with Ben for uh, like uh, too long now. And now people are, I made that post the other day about who do you want to hear on the podcast? And then, that makes it worse, probably. Yeah. But it's just it's for people who out there listening that want to hear white the white tail edge boys on uh, like in the studio. We want that too. It's just getting everything to work out, especially in November. Come just coming out of November, it's tough.
1: Yeah, Ben gets so laser uh, laser focused in deer season, man. It's like he's a whole other person, different animal. Yeah, but, uh, people are probably gonna be disappointed. They're gonna see white tail edge and get all excited, and then they're gonna be like, oh, it's just Dylan.
0: I'll just make sure <laughs> Dylon is, like, on loud and clear on the cover art. <laughs> yeah. You told me not to call you Dylan and now I'm just calling you Dylon. So, that's well, how if you,
1: put, if you put Whitetail Edge, it'll be clickable. Then everyone will just be disappointed.
0: That No, they won't. They won't. You're All right. You're going to join in. How the hell did you get on Whitetail Edge? Start with that as we get going. And there's more to unravel as we get moving in.
1: Yeah. Um. So geez it dates back a long time ben had a uh, an outfitting company uh wicked ridge outfitters have you ever heard of that uh, he i mean he had some pretty high-end clients you know like bone collector boys were coming in and uh you know having having great success there and you know oh, obviously based yeah mm-hmm. uh ben ben you know had that name from the juries and made a name for himself there and uh so that's you know how everyone came to know ben and obviously that's how i knew of ben was watching him and uh you know I was a fan of the juries and stuff like that growing up just like I think any of us were of course and uh so you know like out of high school I was just trying to find my path of what I wanted to do you know I knew I didn't want to punch a clock into a nine to five uh which I did for a long time you know Mm -hmm. um it started off you know I was fairly young and uh Instagram was kind of new and stuff like that and I came across Kenny Bevins who was uh ben's cameraman at drury on instagram and kenny's just a, a great guy you know he's willing to reach out and talk to anybody and uh that's you know i came to know kenny through like instagram messaging back and forth and i was like hey i was like i know your buddy ben has an outfitting company wicked rich and uh, he goes yeah and i was like well you should see if he's looking to hire anybody and dude just by fate ben was looking to hire somebody and hey, this is want how- to shoot yeah. your shot man. Exactly. So, you know, I was going through the ringer of nine to fives and doing a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't want to do. And uh, Ben, I was able to get in contact with Ben. Ben reaches out and he goes, yeah, I want you to come over to my place and, you know, we'll have an interview. So I'm like, all right,
0: it's happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I go and uh, meet with Ben and we just clicked, you know, instantly and met the family and stuff like that. They treated me like family Mm -hmm. and he hired me on, brought me on. And I guess, as you say that, you know, the rest is history, but you know, yeah. there were so many there were so many different curves and bumps along the way, you know, that kind of changed the trajectory of where I'm at now. And uh, you know, so I was helping with the outfitting and stuff, filming hunts um, long story short, I ended up going to Kentucky with Ben filming a hunt uh, down at Austin Musselman's from a homegrown experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up getting sick, like, shortly after. And, you know, didn't know what the heck was wrong with me. I had zero energy, like, heart palpitations, high fevers. Turns out that they believe I had Rocky Mountain uh, spotted fever from a tick. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, that turned into just about, man. Like, it was health issue after health issue.
0: Did it just, uh, like, come out of nowhere? or it was, like, a slow, gradual... Well, at
1: first, man, like I I felt like I had a cold or something, you know, I felt like really run down, zero energy. And, uh, you know, I'm sleeping in, which Ben will tell you, like, I'm a sleeper, (laughs) but dude, like it was beyond any exhaustion I've ever had. And, uh, so I ended up going home, um, staying with my girlfriend at the time and, uh, one night, you know, like I ended up wetting the bed and I was like out of it, just passed out, like out of my mind, just crazy high temperature. And they took me in and, uh, yeah, they believe I had Rocky mountain. So get out of the hospital. I was like a constant thing of like going back and forth to the hospital. I mean, it was scary on certain times, you know, they, they were yeah. doing tons of testing and heart rate going through the roof. I'm on blood pressure medicine to this day. Like it, it really, uh. screwed me up
0: ticks are the devil man they're pretty sure that's what it was
1: yeah like so they ended up diagnosing it like as a fever of unknown origin is what they called it but they i had a bite on me and uh when i was down there austin musselman shot a absolute giant deer but it was covered in ticks little sea ticks and uh i i think you know i just didn't see that one you know and uh,
0: i mean you can't some of them you can't get it all or you know know. and it's just like you can't stress out about it but i guess just shit happens i don't know
1: yeah i mean there's nothing i can do about it now it's it's whatever i mean it's not going to stop me from going out you know i pull ticks off me all the time so
0: (laughs) right yeah so what did you ruin your stint with whitetail edge for a little bit ben's probably yeah
1: i mean (laughs) and again it just felt like uh it felt like god's timing really i mean Mm -hmm. it I think his timing is perfect. And so what happened was, you know, I got sick. He had the bone collector boys coming in. I mean, it was early season Kentucky when I got sick and, you know, that guiding season's about to really kick off and get full swing. He needed someone there. I couldn't do it. I got in and out of the hospital and uh, it was a hard decision, but I had to leave Uh, as the last thing I wanted to do. You know, I was working a dream job and young man. Well, Uh, Me and Ben always stayed in touch, you know, but Mm -hmm. I started having a family, started having a bunch of kids. (laughs) And a bunch. uh, Yeah. Went to work for my dad doing construction, man. And it just, I hated it. Like, I went through a pretty rough, rough spell there. Like, you know, I just wasn't happy.
0: Mm -hmm. And especially uh, from having a taste of like doing exactly what you wanted to having this something out of your control happen. And then now you have to go back to a nine to five. And yeah. not that all nine to fives are bad, but anyone that's passionate about hunting, like we're hunting, we want to be working Yeah. our passion. So
1: exactly. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I love podcasts so much. I ended up finding working class. Mm-hmm. You got like, you already know, Kurt, I've done told you, you guys kill it, you know, I appreciate I that. but all the time, but you guys, you guys run the uh, outdoor podcast game. So Thank like, you. You know, I was constantly having uh earbuds in because i think everyone just got sick of me talking about deer all the time
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> probably yeah. any and job um, any day job i had i'm like yeah everyone's like dude was this guy shut up <laughs> yeah, i know
1: well it's, I mean, it's like it infected my brain man that's all i could think about you know yeah and um so like i said you know i stayed in contact with ben um you know i kind of did some guiding and uh ran a lease for uh the boys at major league bow hunter and you know, Chipper Jones and Duff. And, uh, I always kind of like tried to stay in the game, you know, and, um, started filming my hunts like out of high school. So, you know, before I met Ben, I was, I was filming and I really grew in love with that, you know, being able to watch your hunts back and stuff was like, I always loved bow hunting and chasing a deer, but like, it was like a whole other playing field, I guess, you know, that I like fell in love with it. Yeah. I just documentation and everything. And so I always did that, but And like I said, Ben and I stayed in contact. So I had a giant show up on camera. Um, It was the first one that I filmed for White Tail Ledger. I named him the sheriff. And um, I told Ben, I was like, hey, man, I got a big one on camera. You know, I'm still filming and stuff. Like, is it something you would want to use? And he was like, yeah. And um, I think I killed him within like five days. And then the footage was just epic. I mean, couldn't have worked out better. And, you know, Ben's like, well, I guess you're on the show.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And uh, so since then, you know, been also had, how
0: cocky, too, in a good way. Like that's yeah, today so. like, that's cocky. He got yeah. this big buck five days later. Hey, this footage is pretty awesome. Am I yeah. in or am I not in?
1: Yeah. Oct- yeah, it was October 3rd, man. And it was just like, it couldn't have worked out better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was a stud. But uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how, you know, I ended up getting back affiliated with White Till Edge. And since then, you know, I've taken over the social medias and, kind of helping with marketing and stuff like that with Ben and, you know, yeah. traveling with and filming and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys, I mean, we're kind of skipping ahead. You guys just launched your own podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the white you... Edge Podcast.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How's that I, I going? Love...
1: Great, man. Well, kind of, sorry, you know, geez, it's a lot to learn. And it wasn't like we ever want to become podcast based because we're always going to be video based. Um, you know, that's just what we do. But it was just, like, another way, like, I guess there was a couple reasons why. You know, I've been trying to get Ben to start these for a long time, and it seems like every podcast that Ben is on, the the host reaches out, and they're like, hey, Ben, like, this podcast is doing great, you know, like, because of you. And, you know, people just want to hear what Ben has to say. I mean, the guy is so knowledgeable. He knows so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think he's such a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, we release a season of White Till Edge, but you know, that's only for like what one or two months tops. Yeah. And then we're out of content kind of. Yeah.
0: And so there's so this- much you can say on a show, like a video format show.
1: Exactly. So it was just like one other way for us to get some content to our followers and mm-hmm. you know, kind of show some appreciation to them. You know, they're always messaging us and asking like a lot of the same questions and stuff. So I just felt like it was another way for us to cover their questions and kind of give them content.
0: Yeah. I like it. It's a great idea. And I feel yeah. bad. Like, you know, Ben hunts, I mean, not real close to where we're at, you know, I'm not blowing up anybody's spot, but like definitely drivable distance where we could have you guys in studio and we've been trying to make it happen. It just hasn't. Yeah, the gonna- as people think like you can't just the hunting's good. We're hunting. We're doing where we're hunters first.
1: Well, you guys had uh, you guys had some folks in and stuff like that, and Ben ended up leaving a little bit early, and then you know when I could have done something, you know Devin and and Trey were there, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was just crazy, crazy time.
1: Oh man, it's all good. We'll we'll figure something out,
0: dude. Going talking deer hunting, we will get that done. So everyone that wants like a full length WCB off the walls beer drinking podcast, that's gonna happen. I don't know how much beer you drink or how much beer Ben drinks, but we always find a way to get people to drink beer when they're here.
1: We don't so, really drink. I mean, we could pull, we could pour some coffee and some beer cans, I guess.
0: Okay. Whatever <laughs> we to do to make it work. We'll just get you caffeined up and, and call yeah. it. Good. I, feel, you know, I feel bad. I'm over here drinking beer, which it's like, what what's, what else is new, but there she we go. Matter. That's all right. Hey, we have a lot of people who don't drink on the podcast, but they, uh, we put out the energy and they get to match the energy. That's what really matters. Yeah. But we'll get into some dicey topics. I think when you guys are in, we talk about some stuff that can kind of get people hot, the listeners hot in a good way and interactive. Good at that. We'll think, we'll think of some ideas on that one. It, it won't be hard.
1: It's good at that. You know, a lot of people hate them because of the crossbow talk and corn piles, you know, but we'll get into that another okay.
0: time. Okay. Okay. To be continued. But you've had a stellar season so far. Um, yeah. I mean, you you guys are always killing it. There's no doubt about it. Like there's there's people in the industry you just count on are going to kill a deer or be in big deer, and anyone with Whitetail Edge is in that conversation. Um, Thanks. So you killed a great buck. Your mom killed an amazing buck. So yeah. you're like Doug's mom always outshines him. <laughs> and i don't know if you have that same thing going on but uh let's talk about the season so far
1: okay so yeah um the you know the ben struck first i can't remember the exact date on that but it was two days before i killed um he had a buck he named tall boy on a farm an older mature deer i mean dude he had some absolute slammers this year in ohio and some of them were younger deer you know that you just wanted to wait out on and yeah. Uh, what have you. He ended up having one that was a uh four and a half year old. We actually post uh posted it on uh our social media. Uh we named him Magnum. I don't know if you saw that here. He had like double drop tines on one side, but he ended up dying. He ended up dying from EHD.
0: That's a bummer, uh, man.
1: Yeah. Well, we have never had a bout with it with uh EHD. Ben's never had it, like had to really deal with it in Ohio, but
0: it, Iowa gets clobbered with it.
1: Yeah, well, it, it hit hard here in Ohio this year, bad. So, uh, But I guess, you know, we started off, I filmed Ben. He shot an absolute stud um, in Ohio called Tall Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, epic hunt, great footage. And one of the things was, um, me and Ben, we have not had the best of luck together, like <sighs> filming. Like, yeah. we've actually had the worst luck. Like, the craziest things happen. And, uh, so Ben shot this giant on camera and I, you know, I pan over to Ben and he goes, oh, we'll just get that monkey off our back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, but he was an absolute stud deer. I can't wait for everyone to see, uh, see that footage. It was pretty epic. And, uh, and then a couple of days after that, I shot a buck that I named tat. Um, it was, um, my first urban deer hunting, uh, experience, Urban, uh, which, Yeah. It was it was really cool, man. It was a crazy experience.
0: What describe urban? Because I know urban can mean like there's urban tags in Iowa, and I know guys like it's considered urban, but they're still hunting like ag fields and stuff. And then no, I, I hear urban guys are in housing division or you know subdivision ravines.
1: That's where I was.
0: Does it feel? Does it feel motivating? Like, uh, what I mean by that is. If I, if I can see my truck from my tree stand, it takes a little bit of like, I don't know what it does, but it makes me, I don't feel as confident if I'm by a house. I'm like, ah, even though there's probably still a good chance to kill. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: it does, man. And like, I went in with this mindset of this urban hunting, like it was going to be a cakewalk, um, especially with the seek one boys, you know, they make it look so easy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um. Sometimes, you know, like I see, I have great respect for Lee Ellis, man. He like, you know, he's a go getter. Like I see him knocking on doors and I can just relate with that. And the whole reason I tried urban hunting, you know, I've always hunted in like a country setting always. Mm -hmm. Right. And in Ohio, it's gotten tough, you know, farms are getting chunked up. Everyone is, it's just crazy, man. Like you get a 40 acre block, 10 people own it. Um uh, hunting permission is extremely hard. I've lost leases to preservation parks. Um, you know, can't even lease anymore. Like it's just you know, I I don't know. Like I have put so much time into calling people and knocking on doors. I mean, by the thousands. Yeah. I mean, my deer cast map looks like it has polka dot. <laughs> I mean, like chicken pox, you know. Yeah. Of all the people that I've called.
0: Well, dude, anything from Ohio to all the way over into probably Nebraska, that entire stretch, it's, like, impossible to find permission pieces. Public pieces are getting hammered if, you, if you're if you in or, or not into that. And it's just getting tough. Illinois is bad. But any mostly any state that you can get an over-the-counter buck tag in, it's really bad. Yeah. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, I think even Wisconsin has over-the-counter tags for non-residents. Mm-hmm. It's like that everywhere. It's it's a, I don't really know what to think of it. There's an argument in there somewhere.
1: I don't know. To a point, it's kind of depressing. I it mean, is. You never thought, you know, when I was a kid, like, I never thought trying to find a place to hunt would be so hard, but it's so much more to me than just a place to hunt, though. Like, I want to find a giant. Yeah. And uh, I don't really like to take no for an answer. Like, I'm going to callous up my hand knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. And i do um and you know for the past three years i've hunted on brand new properties yeah three years in a row like that's it is what it is and it's fine like like i said you know i'm not going to take no for an answer but
0: well the problem is what happens it, that is part of it because you're killing good deer on permission pieces and then all of a sudden somebody's distant relatives like oh i want to hunt there now and then you lose it that sounds familiar it sounds familiar i bet i've been yeah. on that road and yeah and what annoys me the most is like when you do that you talk to people man i wish i had a piece like that that must be nice like wait, are you doing any other work to get yeah. a piece like uh, it doesn't just come yeah hey, go hunt there i don't care about anything have at it take some yeah. work
1: yeah well i mean that was like one of the big things like you know i posted some of my hunt like some of my hunts on our youtube and i see those comments roaring in like no, oh, well, if I had food plots like that, like, dude, like you have no idea yeah. what I've been through. Like mm-hmm. you have zero idea. So while you're sitting there typing, I'm gonna keep calling people, I'm gonna keep knocking on doors, I'm gonna find a giant and you can just sit there and complain, I guess.
0: You know, <laughs> right. yeah, get your backpack sprayer out and your hand rake and go put your own food plot in on whatever you have. And if you can't, figure out a spot and hustle and get your piece where you're allowed to do it. And then if you're not willing to do that, then you just can't say anything
1: yeah dude i'll till
0: a food plot with a fork <laughs> right i mean if you got to do it that's what you got to do yeah. i mean i have equipment now for the first time in my life and is it a quick dude it's equipment that is um it's very budget friendly it leaks yeah. i got you know what i mean it, but i've but i've done it though we've all done it like yeah. i put food plots in with a steel rake before yeah
1: well, dude, when you uh when you get the keys to a brand new New Holland or something one day, you're gonna appreciate it so much more. Oh yeah, you know, just like Ben, man. I see like Ben all the time. He's like, dude, like I've been there where you're at, like you know, because sometimes I do. I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated by getting told no, and like you know, I kind of get down in the dumps a little bit. But he's like, you, I've been there. Now Ben on some ground and stuff like that so you know it's inspiring for a guy like me to know like he came from exactly where i'm at yeah and you know, it is possible i can't well, under
0: i think it's easily forgotten and that like most of these big time guys or a uh, big legendary brands or big butt-killing brands in the outdoor industry all came from humble beginnings they weren't just like a lot of these guys i would say most of them it's not daddy's money yeah you know what i mean it's Built, they built their success through hustle and hard work. and whether it's working in another construction business and then funding their side hustle, which is their hunting content project, they're doing the work. It wasn't they didn't just walk on to what you see Mark Drury kill right now. He didn't just have that and have has always had that. Yep. the same way like you're always working to evolve. Like if you're putting food plots in with a fork right now, in 15 years you're like man i'll have a tractor by then so you're yeah working hard for something hopefully <laughs> but you never know right that's kind of like yeah. if you did know you probably wouldn't work as hard
1: dude if i didn't have the tractor though i'd still do it like
0: yeah it sucks I mean, more <laughs> no doubt yeah for but you're sure, doing but this when, goes when back you're... into you we're going back into you hunting urban so we're yeah. bringing this back but, we promise but i just yeah. want to get on that a little bit it's always good combo
1: I think it's just it's so important you know when I I, it frustrates me to see those you know those keyboard warriors talking that crap and it's like dude you wouldn't do half the things that I do to get to get access you know like Ben all the time he's like geez he's like I can't believe like how many you know properties you've picked up this year and it's just like I like to cast a big net Mm -hmm. you know Um, yeah I think almost like like i see what ben goes through as a landowner now too and there's definitely some some cons to owning land you know whether that be neighbors i mean you're putting so much into that property you own and the variables are just stacked against you i mean you know so there's definitely some big cons to owning land too and i i kind of like where i'm at right now honestly you know it's like getting permission and stuff but yeah, let's get back to the urban deal and why I even gave that a shot. You know, like I said, I always hunted in the country setting. You know, I was having a lot of bad luck, losing leases, losing permission properties. You know, year after year, there was a lot of turnover. And uh, so this year, you know, I started looking at DeerCast maps a lot. Uh, they're one of our our sponsors now at White Tail Edge, which is super cool. You know that. That Ben is working with the juries again and stuff like that. but uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, looking at deer cast maps, that's a huge tool in my arsenal as a a guy that's looking for permission. And um, started looking at those properties that a lot of people are overlooking. I gave up on the big properties that are 100 acres over, and I started looking at those 10s, those 5s. I started looking at this property connected to this big farm and there's a nice funnel coming into this little spot here. Started moving cameras here in the summer. Started doing a lot of glassing along with mm-hmm. the door. And, and dude, I was able to find some, some really nice deer this year. And, uh, I met a guy, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say which police department he works for, but he it's runs an, an urban deer hunting division. He knows, mm-hmm. uh, who he is. So I appreciate you, buddy.
0: Yeah. Shout out to him. He knows.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, he starts talking to me about it and I'm like, man, like I've been wanting to try it, you know, I'm going to go all in and started started looking for properties. He kind of helped me a little bit and I ended up finding a big deer. Um, he was, I don't know where to go with this, but like, so I went in with this mindset that it was going to be easy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh kind of you know taking taking candy from a baby type deal why is that
0: why why did you think that
1: i don't know you know those deer you think are so used to people and your scent's not gonna matter
0: yeah they're Uh, like drinking out of kiddie pools and shit
1: yeah my (laughs) access my access is gonna be under the swing set i'm gonna go down the slide and get my stand
0: (laughs) right yeah yeah you know yeah go through the hopscotch set up there on the side of the house (laughs) right that's why that's what i think when i think urban hunting for the most part
1: me too and uber to my spot but uh <laughs> yeah, uber to, yeah,
0: yeah get out yeah thanks yeah right but
1: so yeah so that's kind of what i was thinking yeah. like this is going to be a walk in the park no pun intended
0: <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs> but um so i ended up getting access uh i found this deer um i knocked on one door it was a no and I got three properties that surrounded it. Mm-hmm. One of them was in a different city, and uh, another thing is like I had to go through the police department. I had to jump through a bunch of hoops, archery proficiency test, you know, full background check. There's a lot of stuff I had to do that would probably weed a lot of people out.
0: Yeah, like guys with neck um, tattoos aren't hunting in the city.
1: Yeah, you would would right? be like you wouldn't be. <laughs> occur
0: like you can't go in the backyard there's kids around i'm like all right i tried
1: (laughs) so the crazy thing about this deer was um i i had him on one camera but i realized the deer's moving a lot so i got permission across the street but the thing was it was right on the city line so this deer was going from city a to city b all the time Mm -hmm. so i threw another police department And so I could hunt the spot across the road.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could ever have another story like this, you know,
0: in the ass, it sounds like, but
1: it was, but it, you know, definitely worked out and was, was good. But, um, I was hunting pretty close to a house, um, had this deer pretty frequent throughout the summer. Um, ended up getting a Novix hung up in there. Well, you know, three, four weeks before the season opener. Um season opener, if I remember right, it was pretty warm. I kind of stayed out. Does the uh, urban
0: season open the same time? as just like normal season yep okay yep.
1: yep, um, and so I ended up filming Ben. we got that deer done, and I was making a move on on my deer, you know, and the fascinating part about the deer was, um, I had to give him the wind one hundred percent because. I like that parcel was so small that I couldn't move around or else, you know, I would be infringing on other people's property.
0: Ah, How weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just, so my access and where my stand placement was, was I was set up to where if that deer came behind me, he was going to be walking in their yard and really exposing himself. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was this deer was coming, he was bedding up on this ridge uh, south of me and he was overlooking the neighbor's house he was sitting high up on a ridge he was overlooking the neighbor's house and he would work his his way north stage up in this area perfectly where I had my tree stand before feeding out in this big grass field mm-hmm. um, literally off of a freeway in between a residential road um, there just wasn't a whole lot of room for like me to move but I felt like my access was perfect. Right. And if my scent game was on point, I felt confident I could beat this deer. But watching the cameras, he would only come in on a northerly type win.
0: So are we talking saying that, you know, like you say you had to give him your wind. What are we talking like because I'm trying to wrap my head around? I'm now picturing like tight housing subdivision. You're in these people's backyards. Like I don't, I'm not picturing a lot of woods in here. But like, what makes this buck spooked from somebody in their backyard versus spooked from you just another 30 yards in your tree? Well, so I like it too specific. Don't give your spot away, but
1: no, no, I won't. But so where that deer was bedding up on that ridge, he can see that whole neighbor's house and what's going on. I mean, you'd almost like to think that these deer kind of know people's schedules. Like what what's what's normal and what's normal out of like what's normal and what's not normal out of these people. So, like, let's just say at my parents, for instance, they live in the country setting, but they have a big hayfield right by their house that, you know, their driveway runs right beside. Mm -hmm. So. If they're like out by their driveway or out by their house, the deer that are in the hayfield, they'll just watch them and they're fine. But if you were to get in that big maple tree right in the middle of that hayfield, that's 40 yards on out. You're going to scare them every time. Yeah. So, those urban deer, they just know where it's normal for people to be and for them not to be. And exactly. that's my perspective of these city deer was uh, it was wrong.
0: Like, it was like, when does it, you probably thought, when doesn't really matter as much because they're just always smelling people and dogs and everything. Yeah. Like
1: that. But what yeah. they're not used to is smelling somebody that close or maybe up in a tree.
0: Yeah. And I bet I really do. I mean, obviously deer can tell a difference in that.
1: Yeah. And this deer was old. I mean, this was the first year I hunted this deer, So I didn't know exactly how old he was. I was going to age him with the jawbone, but I just never did. I was just got lazy. I don't know why. I wanted to know how old the deer was, but I just didn't. So, and just to explain this deer real quick, like he had a weak side, one big side points everywhere. Uh, he ended up having 25 scoreable points. Yeah, just super cool deer. Um, but he had an injury. Uh, let's see, it would be on his left hoof, affected his right side. His right side was weaker, but um, yeah, big swollen up hoof. I mean, it was kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. But um, so anyway, back to my access, you know, he was betting on this ridge. He could see the neighbor's yard. He was sitting up high. And then he would work his way with the wind, uh, north wind right in his face. He would come and he would sweep out into this grass field. So he would stage where I had my stand. And so I realized, like, the pictures I'm getting, he's only coming in on a northerly wind. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so, opener comes, we get a north wind, and he daylights. That's the only time he would daylight, I should say. Like, he would you. still, wind, but he would only daylight on a north wind. I got you. And so season comes, I don't know which date it was, but, um, a North wind comes. I didn't hunt. I just wanted to see what would happen on that North wind. And sure enough, he daylights the next two days are going to be a North wind, northerly type wind. And, you know, pressure's rising deer cast says good. Like it's, it's going to get good. Ben kills. I go out the very next day. Um, I got this three-year-old super eight point, just beautiful deer come in, um, comes in down kind of knows something's up, but you know, like I'm, I've taken my scent elimination to a whole other level this, this season, knowing I, I'm going to have to give this year my win. And uh, so this three-year-old eight point comes in, I get the pass with him. He stages up in there and ends up working his way to my right out of my life. And uh, he comes back in from the right like right underneath me and working his way directly downwind. So it was a, uh, or Northwest wind that mm-hmm. night grass field off to my left. The one that, you know, was like a destination feed. So Northwest eight point gets right here, probably 15 yards from me. I got this all on video. I'm self-filming. And, uh, I look up and tap is out in that grass field, like on the edge. And he's scent checking everything before he, you know, comes in and stages in there. And um, I'm like, oh, man, you know, this eight point is 15 yards from me. And I don't know if he caught me moving. You know, I'm trying to I got the camera like up here. I had it too high. But the way I was tucked in this tree, I had this like bird's nest around me. It was beautiful. beautiful. But I had to have the camera a little bit higher. And so I don't know if he saw me, but I mean, dude, he just had me pegged. And I'm like, man, like the only crack I could possibly get at this deer, and this freaking eight point's gonna ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tat starts working his way in. I think he steps on a stick. The eight point turns around. So I'm like, all right, this is perfect. I grab my bow. I get stood up. Tat's working his way in, and the eight point starts like stomping. And I'm like, man, like you know, he's literally 12, 15 yards. Tack comes in and he starts turning around. And so I drew and, uh, how close
0: is he at this point?
1: He's like 25, 30 yards. Okay. And uh, he just had me rattled and I took a shot. Honestly, like I don't even know why I took the shot. Like for just a quick moment, I had a quartering away hard and I thought I could tuck it up in there and like right when I like shoot, like he turns and it's like a straight shot now. So the video, it just the shot looks ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like, what? Why did I even take that shot? So he runs out in that grass field to my left, about fifty yards, and um, ends up just trotting off. And I mean, I was crushed. I'm Like, man, like you just don't get that many opportunities, you know? Like, how many opportunities do you get with an old mature deer like that? Yeah, and I'm not thinking. Many. Yeah, I'm thinking he's six plus. Um and I'm just like, man, I blew it. And, so so, you
0: and it like bounce off the kid's slide and put a hole in <laughs> the kiddie pool and it's just, it's
1: like, yeah, <laughs> pay for that. So let me explain here. So ahead of me, it's it pinches down. <laughs> I didn't draw. mean to put
0: you on blast there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So it's a timber <laughs> funnel ridge system. You know, it pinches down a lot. And that's mm. what I'm facing with that grass field to the left. I can't see any houses, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and then so it opens up uh, the farther you go south. And that's where he was betting. And it opens up in this big, bigger timber. And um, so anyway, he ends up taking off. And I'm like, you know, it's early still. I'm like, man, what do I do? Like, I called Ben and told him and what what happened. And I'm like, I think I should just get out. You know, like it's early. I'm gonna just let things chill. My Luminox sitting there light it up. I'm like, you know, if he comes in, I don't want him to see that and like freak out. Yeah. So I, I get down, grab my arrow, head home. It's an hour drive home. A long hour drive home. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was gonna say that you just sit in your own thoughts for an hour.
1: Listening to Gary Allen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just and yeah. Uh, just having so it, having a time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I get home. And, uh, it's just now getting last light and, uh, my Spartan goes off and I saw him like way in the background of this picture. And I'm like, oh man, like, so now I'm thinking, so instantly I run out to my truck, I grab all my stuff out of my tote, throw it back in the washer, wash it again. Like I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff and complaining to my wife. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know how many times she heard me say, I can't believe I missed him.
0: Well, Hey. You can't kill big bucks if your wife sucks. So shout out to her for listening to everything you had to say.
1: Oh, dude, she is the best. She listens to everything. Like, I'm so impressed. Like, sometimes she goes, man, shouldn't you be getting ready to hunt? Like, there's a good cold front. The pressure's rising. I'm like, gosh, I love you.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want? Yeah, want to have another baby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, capped out.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: she listens to you basically wine. pour your soul out and whine
1: yeah it was a rough night but dude i had a lot of hope after that you know like i beat his nose like he knew something was up but he just couldn't pinpoint me like you know i was i wouldn't even let her hug and kiss me goodbye yeah you know
0: you had all my face palm as she goes in to give you a hug Just yeah in face not exactly. now I was I was like, no, dude,
1: but don't touch me <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah yeah don't touch me
1: <laughs> so um there was definitely some positives to take away from that night of missing that deer. And that was, you know, I was able to beat his nose. <clears throat> um, ben hates when I say that beat them. I
0: You never fully beating them. They're just not. How
1: about
0: that? You fooled them. That's the best. That's probably the most humble way to really say it. Cause that's what you're doing. You just yeah,
1: got, I, I got lucky. Yeah, really.
0: I it mean, is luck, but you wouldn't have got past them if you wouldn't have been taking like extreme scent control measures
1: no dude not at all like if i if it was a careless scent control like man it would have never happened i probably would have never even seen that deer mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that night i washed all my stuff again um hanging it outside for the night the next day looks good i got one more north wind um it switches from a northwest to a northeast um so I'm like, let's go. You know, I got that can I got that picture of him at last light, probably too dark for footage. And that's, you know, that's the main goal. If I'm not gonna get footage of him, I'm not gonna shoot it. Mm-hmm. But um, so you know, definitely some pros to take from it. I gear up for the next day, go back out, get out nice and early. Um, switches to a northeast this time, and dude, he comes in from my right this time. Mm-hmm. You know, just straight downwind again. And um, not to like pump product, but I had a Black Widow. You know, we use Black Widow uh, deer scents. And I have this dominant buck scent, and I'm just pumping it. And I did that the night before, too. But, I mean, I probably used a whole bottle between the two nights. I'm just pumping this dominant urine, you know, just trying to do anything to, to fool this deer. He comes in from my right, completely downwind. And it takes him like 30 minutes to work his way in, dude. And it was like wow. the longest 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> he was
0: super on edge. How far was he? I mean, I know he's slowly working to you. Like, but when you first see him, how far is he? Well,
1: he was betting on that ridge again. He walked the top of the ridge. And the first time I saw him, he was probably like 45 yards. Okay. So he was just, dude, I mean, he was just taking his time staging in there. Yeah. That's what he was doing. And um, so... I'm like, I don't think I've ever been so rattled by a deer, you know, like you grow so obsessed with a certain deer, you know, yeah. you, you spend so much time and effort with that one deer, you're trying to do everything right. You've got so much invested. Like when it, when you finally see him and it's about to happen, like I'd rather it just happen fast and get it over with. I
0: I, I would too at times I'm pulling up the picture of your deer here so I can stare at yeah. as you're talking. I, you know, <sighs> I, that's a good. That's a topic for when you guys are in studio, like coming fast or coming slow. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry.
1: No, you're good. I, I I like to happen it happen fast, but dude, this buck had me so rattled and frazzed. You know, from missing him the night before, like I'm already in my head a little bit. Yeah, and I shot my bow that 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 day before I went out. It was a it was an evening hunt, so you know I spent the day shooting. And uh, I was completely dialed and ready. And uh, so 40 yards, he's staging up in there. I know he's gonna come in. He's just taking his time. I've I've got great footage. I'm self-filming still. He's coming in with two other bucks. Uh, you know, it's still early. It's I think I think it was September twenty eighth, I killed him.
0: Oh gee. Ohio yeah. you're well, wherever state you were in opens yep. at early.
1: Yeah. This season, it, it was. it's always the, uh, what is it, the last Saturday of September.
0: Oh, I don't know why I was thinking. I, I think I knew that, but I was thinking you guys opened October 1.
1: So, it opened on the 24th. And I shot them on either the 28th or
0: 29th. I can't remember. Damn, okay. I sh- I, I In my head, th- for some reason, I was just thinking this was October, but okay
1: no so it always opens on that last saturday of september and it just happened to fall on the 24th this year which was like really early
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: was like so you know they're still kind of bachelored up like and the reason i say that is because i got comments i posted a little reel and i posted uh that video of him coming in on our youtube and they're like oh this is high fence look at all the other bucks with them and stuff i'm like no dude like or they said, like, what kind of zoo are you in and stuff like that? I'm like, a really well, good a,
0: zoo. A lot of yeah. deer in this zoo, actually.
1: It's the Midwest, and it's early, so they're kind of still grouped up. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he comes in with that eight point that was in there the night before with him. Yeah. And uh so I've got a good three year old deer that's got some good senses on him, along with this older buck that I already missed. You know, he's already kind of on alert. He's coming in, he's taking his time, really just you know, downwind a hundred percent. I'm pumping that dominator spray and, uh, he ends up coming in to 20, 25 yards roughly and, um, stands there forever facing me kind of like, Mm -hmm. so if you ever see the footage, which you will, and I don't know if you ever saw the reels I posted of them, but I'm, you know, my camera's two foot to my right. And so the angle that the camera sees is like, why did you take that shot? Because he's quartering. Yeah. But with me sitting two feet to the left, I'm seeing something totally different than what this camera is seeing. And the whole time, you know, 25 yards, it's a chip shot. I'm sitting there debating, like, you know, what I'm saying is lungs exiting what liver maybe coming out. It's like lethal shot.
0: Yeah, for sure
1: and for six and a half minutes or so you know i'm like debating like do i take this shot and finally like i make it up in my mind like dude if this deer just decides to turn and just walk out of my life like i couldn't maybe i won't have a shot again which yeah i probably would have but you know i'm not going to take the chance if i've got a lethal shot at 20 25 yards i'm probably going to take it.
0: he's right there right now
1: yeah so I had to clear some branches. I made some adjustments from that night before I noticed that I was going to have to stand up to shoot, but I trimmed some branches and stuff out of my way as I got sat in there. So I could sit down and still have this nest of, you know, cover and foliage around me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I felt like standing up, I was kind of exposing myself because there was kind of a bare spot in the tree. So I wanted to make sure like I could sit down and shoot. Yeah. And, uh, so I was going to, but then like he had his head down. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to stand up. And so I stand up, everything's good. I go ahead and pull back. And it's like, he was just, he goes back like this to bite, you know, bite on himself. He's going to scratch himself. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, he just exposes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I let one fire, dude, and I actually spine shot him. Like, it was so weird because it doesn't look like an extremely high hit. But um, he did duck a little. But, you know, I mean, I still made a bad shot. It was still high. Mm-hmm. But I did spine shoot him. So he drops and I'm like, oh, my gosh, got to get another arrow in him. I get another arrow in him and uh, killed him. So, like, the spine shot and stuff was like, dang it. Like, I didn't want to do that.
0: Yeah. You never want to do that, but
1: yeah. So it kind of like ruined my excitement at first, but you know, walking
0: a spine shadow kind of knocked the wind out of you because all you think about is another arrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can hear me in the video. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So I was able to get another arrow in him, and
0: so he ran zero yards.
1: Yeah. Well, he actually crawled like. 15 yards
0: yeah and that's like, that's worse you're like take it
1: oh i know dude it looks it looked bad you know but like yeah
0: but hey you, you got to get another arrow in. i'm like that's the number one priority right after that first footage, hit
1: footage footage went out the window i was like i'm gonna get another arrow and i'm like i'm not gonna follow this as he's just, like trying to crawl
0: no yeah good on you
1: i got a quick arrow on him hurry up and got down like all the cameras were like left rolling you know i'd care less at that point i just wanted to make sure you know he was taken care of and yeah he, so but um yeah dude It and the body was just enormous I was like holy crap he was a (laughs) giant man
0: that's awesome dude
1: that's awesome it was was special man it was quite the urban experience and you know I learned a lot about those deer in particular you know I just like I said you know I just thought it was going to be a whole lot easier and turns out it wasn't you know
0: yeah no that's good I'm glad I know that because I had that I kind of have that not that that you know killing a big buck anywhere is not easy but i kind of had that perception as well a little bit not knowing
1: yeah well then being around all those people and stuff i mean it's kind of hard not to yeah have that perspective and i totally get people that were probably gonna end up bashing me on the video and you know saying but you know I, I was so open about it you know i every time i went in there i was like this is my urban spot you know this is what i'm gonna be doing in here today and um you know kind of leading up to it dude he had some trees in there that were just giant just shredded and you know all of a sudden it makes you look excited
0: everybody in the uh, subdivision's mad because all their fresh plant treat so when you you, to get them out of there did you like hey you know knock on brad's door can i borrow your lawnmower with your mulching trailer so i can go in and get them out so i don't have to drive my (laughs) you know
1: it was a pretty short drag um called a buddy and he came out to help me load him up and you know so uh um, awesome
0: man congratulations
1: thank you yeah so he had 25 scoreable i'm not trying to brag but it was my biggest year that's 25, awesome. 25 scoreable points just stuff everywhere i mean it kind of reminded me of um uh Devin's like barnacle buck
0: yeah yeah all the points. bases are just crazy
1: all over the bases it just made them really cool um chocolate horns and stuff like that and uh, buck masters you know like a true like gross score uh, they scored him at 178
0: yeah a bit of a, looking at the picture you got of him he does have a lot of crazy like crazy curved up hook points and stuff like that on
1: that weak side he's got like these devil horns it looks like like a pitchfork almost like yeah i don't know we cool he's just very unique
0: old hog dude yeah very cool that's a very unique buck that's awesome
1: Yeah. He was awesome. So uh, the footage was amazing on the night I missed him and the night I killed him. So tons of history on the Spartans and stuff. So I'm just super excited, you know, for everyone to show that or, you know, see that, you know, I work so hard filming and documenting everything all summer long. Like you're going to see me knocking on doors like crazy. And
0: when's this episode launch roughly, uh, We
1: try to launch our episodes, like July, you know, like right, right when everyone's getting excited about deer season and putting cameras out and stuff like that we like to kind of you know stoke the
0: fire yeah makes sense that's right when our pot like you know you see that in the you'll see that too because you're you're a podcaster now yeah you'll see that with the download numbers like right now they're good and then they dip and then they get july they just start throttling up again because everyone's you know i stay in all that stuff because we live it but there's a lot of guys that throttle out and then throttle back in yeah you'll see me
1: I'm searching for content all year long. You know, I'm just, I'm a student of the game. I want to learn as much as I can. And podcasts are, you know, one way to, you know, learn so much. And, you know, it's almost like you, you listen to these podcasts and different guests, you know, like you've had so many knowledgeable guests on and there's just a plethora of information out there to where you could really create like a monster you know you're talking you're listening to what mark jury's tactics are and you hop over on this podcast you're listening to lee lakoski's you know yeah and, and you can really create like a monster of this guy's tactics and take this guy's it's almost like space jam those little aliens and take <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah well and that's what blows my mind and i'm not like calling anybody out specifically but there's like so there's two categories we're pushing time here so we might have to do your mom's story here at the studio when you come here and Sorry, her how she killed a bigger buck than than you but no it wasn't bigger <laughs> was it wasn't it looks it looks massive i thought it was but um well we'll just say that for the sake of the podcast right
1: but yeah, we do you need see, to talk about that deer though
0: yeah for sure well yeah you see guys that are, well, there's people who started podcasting that already had a name in the space. And there's people who started as a podcaster as pod started a podcast and just didn't have a name anywhere else before that. And the majority of people who started the podcast, I don't know. I don't say the majority. There's a lot of guys who have podcasts that don't kill deer that try to educate on killing deer, whether it's them telling you how to do it with no results. They walk the walk. They don't talk the talk, but then all their guests walk the walk and talk the talk, but you kind of look at that. You're like, man, how come, how come you've never applied all this information you've gotten from guests over X amount of episodes in your own deer hunting? Yeah. To me, it kind of, it blows my mind. Like you just have no results, but you're taking the best classes you can take in this topic. Exactly. You have a degree as a doctor, but you just never figured out how to actually be a doctor. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I've met that doctor before. <laughs> right, right? It's like, what? Do you, what? What did you do all those classes and spend all that money for, and you know, dedicate all that time? And you're just like, you never applied anything you learned in your classes to actually being a doctor. No one's going to go to your practice. Yeah, I mean, still no, do that with, with hunting content. Yeah.
1: No offense to any of those people, but I mean, that's not the podcast I want to listen to. I want to listen to, right. You know, like, I want to listen to people that have been there, done that, and I want to listen to their guests that have been there and done that. Like, I just don't want to listen to people that are either below me or, like, that sounds terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no good way to talk about it without sounding a little bit like an a-hole. A little bit.
1: I just, I I want to learn from the best.
0: That's the
1: best way to, you know, put it. Like, there's, like I said, you know, there's just so much information out there, and you know, like the white tillage podcast, for instance, like no one's going to want to listen to the white tillage podcast unless Ben's on it
0: do you're 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 not giving yourself enough credit
1: well, I'm just saying like no one knows it, who it,
0: until they get familiar with what you've done on that podcast, yes, you're right, probably. But as people listen and get familiar with who you are, you know what you're talking about, obviously, otherwise the story would have been so lame. and <laughs> and i would have been like this guy's full of shit but until people get that and become regular with it you got to think our podcast nobody knew who we were episode one yeah we didn't have a ben or a mark Drury to co-host us until they were like all right you're good now we're taking off the training wheels yeah it's just a hustle that's all it is
1: uh, it, it does give you motivation though you know to become that person and obviously like I want to have. I'm not a
0: 200 inch butt killer by any means. I'm not saying that.
1: Me neither. I'm still like kind of in that. I'm still in a stage, you know. Me and Ben Rising and Mark Jury and stuff like that. Like we're in different stages. I believe almost like you and I are probably in that same stage still, where you know, like we're not going to let a good four year old 160 walk past us. Probably. I can't do it. It's tough. Yeah, I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. You know. Like, there's still bucks that are too tempting for me that Ben would let walk. But for it's sure. just, like this is all part of the process. Like, 100%. you know, 100%. my wall doesn't look like Ben's. Uh, hopefully one day, probably not going to look like Ben's. Yeah. But like, you know, Ben was in that process too at one point where, you know, he Bro. wasn't going to let four-year-old 160 walk either.
0: Yeah. You for know, sure.
1: so uh, I'm still building a resume. But I want to listen to Same. the guys that the resume like Ben Risen or Mark jury, like people yeah. that have, really figured this out. Like we can take their tactics and create a monster.
0: hundred percent. And I guess what I was getting, there's guys not building a resume that are still trying to be like they are building a resume, I guess. Like guys can be good talkers with no results. And that makes their show probably listenable. But I like to know, like when I support someone's brand, whether it's outside the hunting industry or in it, I want to know the person with the brand. Yeah. If I'm into drag racing and this guy's a really good talker and he's telling me all about drag racing and then I look into him to like, oh, cool. I want to learn about this host. I enjoy a show. If I found out he doesn't know anything about drag racing, nor he's never even drag raced. He's never won a race. Then why the hell am I going to listen to anything that guy's got to say now? it's different too. Like there's a lot of ways to slice that. And there's a lot of debates and a lot of arguments in there, but I think it's it's fun conversation. That's it. It is. is. So
1: just saying, and then another thing, you know, you can listen to all these people and try to create that monster, but there's still stuff that you've got to learn on your own. Like there's so much that I have learned just on my own from failing. Like, dude, carrying a camera in the woods and cell filming is so hard. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much, there's things that you're going to run into and whether it be your setup or what happened and you're going to like, you're just going to know next time. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have it set up here. But you know, those, those variables change and it comes with experience that you're going to learn things along the way from maybe nobody can teach you.
0: Yeah. You know, sure.
1: there's It all comes down to experience
0: real experience absolutely i agree with that so let's talk we're running short on time but i want to talk about your mom's buck real quick
1: i do too so we'll make this short uh, mom is pretty new to hunting i i think maybe five six years of hunting mm-hmm. they own acres my parents do um uh, mom you know has cut her teeth just like any of us have and trying to you know she's just learning. She's learning as much as she can. She's a pretty good student too. Um, but, uh, so we had a buck this year, you know, she's never shot anything real big, like some dinkers actually, Mm -hmm. but it's all part of the process again. It is. She, she skipped a couple of steps this year. Um, (laughs) so I had this buck show up on the Spartan this year and, um, I think I had him last year and I'll, I'll have to look into this, but, um, Super tiny body, huge, huge rack. Fourteen points, kicker off a G two. Tall tines. I'm like, dude, this deer is serious. Like, yeah, this deer has genetics that you'll never see again in your life. Knowing for sure, like this deer's three. There's n- zero doubt this deer's four. Like, his I'm body's just
0: the real you posted of the deer right now while you're talking you can about.
1: Tell- you can tell he's three, <laughs> right? <laughs> or I are mean, you look.
0: Of if her at, with it.
1: Oh, okay, so if you look at my Instagram, Kurt, like I think the night before I posted a real a trail camp video. Yep. Look how slender he is.
0: He, I'd say he's three or just a slim, slim four year old.
1: Yeah, but dude, like, you, if I show you other videos, I'll text them to you after this. But I'll show you some other videos. You're like, dude, no doubt that deer is three.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean he so, does. He doesn't look heavy bodied.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking like. I don't know. We're gonna have Buckmaster score him up, but um, I'm thinking he's like 70.
0: Dang, I can see that. Look at yeah. this; he's got points all over, man.
1: Exact 70. So let's just say he is 70. Let's yeah. say let's say he's 160 at the worst, which I know he's bigger than that, but he's
0: bigger than 160.
1: <laughs> let's yeah. say he's 160 at three. Dude, it was it's scary to know what that deer could turn into.
0: Yeah, right, right. And I need to I need to look more into that Buckmaster score system. I don't know much about it to be honest.
1: It's just a true gross score, like that's all it is. Okay. It's it's uh, no deductions. That's I mean that's all it is.
0: Yeah. That's How they should be scored. That's which, a stud, dude. Congrats to.
1: Yeah, which there you know on that there isn't a ton of deductions. I mean, there's the kicker and you know what what have you? But
0: I love <clears> his frame, man, and everything. He, he's not he don't have a weak point on him.
1: No. So, um, definitely probably the biggest three year old I'll ever see in my life. I showed Ben and he goes, Dude, I've never seen a three year old that big in my life. Yeah. Um, I feel, and so does Ben, like that deer could have been the next world typical record. Like
0: at six or something, five and a half, oh, six and a half.
1: Dude, like it's no telling what he would be next year. But Can't anyway,
0: that, <laughs> it's cool to think about, but yeah that's cool man that's very cool she does she she shot does she understand like the magnitude of what this is
1: yeah well you know i told her like this deer is gonna be the next world record and stuff like that but you know she's new i couldn't expect her to pass that deer up the neighbors are hunting him. they only owe 30 acres like you know that deer is gonna get killed probably for sure i and uh you know she ends up shooting it i'm at a uh, my daughter's friend had a birthday party i look at my phone there's eight missed calls from my mom <laughs> i'm like i call Did her back.
0: hurt or something happened
1: yeah, she's like <laughs> yeah she's like where have you been look at your phone so i look at the text and you know she propped her phone up in a tree and took a picture of her with this deer i'm like no you didn't mom you know so we, we <laughs> over there and yeah she totally understands like what this deer was and um she sent me a picture of it Skull Cap last night and I was like, that's a stud. She goes, I never thought you would say my deer was a stud.
0: <laughs> that's so awesome, man. That yeah, is so she, awesome.
1: She totally gets, you know, what she shot. So yeah, super. But
0: you, you know what that
1: what that deer could have been was special. And then just here, real quick, we might have some uh my dad is after a giant, probably 180. That's we've had he was five in 2018 and we had a picture of him Mm -hmm. and he came, dude he is a giant probably 180 uh and then my brother's getting ready to come in town and i got like a 170 for him so like it could could be a banner year for the Gandhi's.
0: that would be cool man that would be cool if that happens you guys need to do like that classic here's all our mounts on the barn photo some people love and hate those i think they're cool but as a family (laughs) you have to do that
1: Yeah, dude, not too many moms out there shooting 170s. No, not
0: many. Not many at all. Maybe Doug's mom, but that's about it. Right. We need to do (laughs) a mom's podcast. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be cool. It'd be dangerous. we been getting a lot of comments about everybody's moms, and I don't know if we want that or not. Probably not. Uh, We don't really want that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, where can people find you? Where can people find Whitetail Edge?
1: All right, so you can find me easily and probably most of my content on dylan Gandhi underscore white Tail edge uh that's dylan with an o um and then uh white Tail edge white Tail edge official on instagram on our facebook youtube uh we even got a tiktok um and then the white till edge podcast
0: cool awesome yeah. man well thanks so much for sharing those stories um i love what you guys are doing you guys are killing it Looking forward to get you, you and Ben, in the studio, the WCB. We don't really have an official name, honestly, but uh, just get you in yep. the WCB studio. Good. What's that?
1: I think just leave it at WCB studio.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's what it Ooh, is. Cool, man. Well, yeah. thank you. Great story. That was a really good buck story. I'm glad to hear you didn't put a hole in the kiddie pool uh, <laughs> next door or uh, ruin any games of jump rope or hopscotch or anything like that in your urban hunt. Yeah.
1: Me too, man. I appreciate you,
0: Kurt. I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for the support. And I I will be there to help you with your podcast anytime you need me for the record. Been
1: so helpful. I really appreciate that, man. You're a, you're a great dude.
0: You are too, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Everybody. Thank you so much. Listening, watching, supporting us, supporting Whitetail Edge on DeerCast as well. Um, If you don't have DeerCast or listening just on the WCB side of things, what are you even doing? Get the app. Support us, support the jury, support Whitetail Edge. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Peace. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life.
1: Yeah, baby, 6'8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there.
0: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.